Something that sets humans apart from every other species on the planet is that they have the tendency to resist themselves. It would stand to reason that the very creature who is imbued with self-concept would be the creature to develop resistance to self. However, the self-resistance is to blame for so much of the suffering on planet Earth, and until humans become aware of this pattern, they will continue to perpetuate suffering. Upon coming into this physical life, you become two points of perspective. Both are you. One point of perspective is your non-physical, which is a non-human self. The other is your temporal, physical, human self. Coming into human perspective means that you opt into several things. You opt into things like human limitations, human strengths, human biology and physiology, human needs, human aversions, human preferences, human impulses, and human patterns. Because the physical human is a part of the animal kingdom, what that means is that you opt into having an experience on Earth as an animal. Now, the only reason you might resist that is because you have an ego. You don't see other species running around having resistance to themselves or their true nature. For example, you don't see a deer having a self-esteem crisis because it's not able to feel okay wandering around alone as opposed to wanting to be in a herd. You don't see a cuttlefish in a state of shame because his color changes according to his environment. You don't see a female hyena guilt-tripping herself for being more masculine and dominant than the males in her cackle. You don't see bonobos contriving ways to control their wild sexual behaviors. You don't see a bear trying to suppress its shaking after a trauma. You don't see a dolphin trying to stop thinking. You don't see an elephant thinking something's wrong because it has emotions. People are intelligent enough to have self-concept amongst other things, but are not yet intelligent enough to ensure that their intellect does not cause problems for themselves or for other species on the planet. People have used their intellect for thousands of years to go against themselves and to go against their own nature. Essentially, people have gone into resistance about what is human about themselves. They have become anti-human. Instead of seeking to integrate their two perspectives, their non-physical, eternal, and non-human perspective, and their very physical, temporal, human perspective, instead of integrating these two, they have sought to trump one with the other. They have used their awareness of their non-temporal, eternal self as a trump card over the physical existence. They have tried to transcend their humanness. To try to transcend what is human about you, is to stand squarely in a space of self-rejection. And there is no possible way that anything can come out of this self-rejection and self-resistance than pain. And no two things have contributed to this suffering more than spirituality and religion. Our intellect has caused us to advance and to form our society and to shape our world in ways that are in fact counter to our nature, counter to our needs, and counter to our health, and counter to our human best interests. I'm going to give you some examples so you can better understand what I mean, and keep in mind that these are just a few examples. A human is a relationally dependent, group-oriented species. Now, humans, in resistance to this, have forgotten this entirely. In fact, in the human race, a virtue has become independence and the ability to be alone. 
people have gone and forgotten that connection is in fact the number one human need. And so they shame each other for dependence. Being relationally dependent, a person is not actually capable of not caring what other members of its group think. This is both dangerous and impossible physiologically. Yet this is still something that self-help experts are teaching. Being relationally dependent, it is also not natural for members of the group to travel for long periods of time or to be gone all day long from the other members of their group. Yet this is now normal. Traveling is now normal. It's now normal for somebody to go out and to work and be gone from the group all day long. This, in fact, threatens our sense of attachment and also security. But society says this is normal. As people become more separate, they normalize it. But they become more and more unhappy. Relationships suffer more and more. Suicide rates go up and collective health goes down. Here's another example. A human female is ready to reproduce at the onset roughly of her first period, the average of which is 12 years old. <laughs> she actually reaches the peak of her fertility in early to mid-twenties. However, with the complexity and development of modern society, the readiness at which women, and even men, are able to reproduce becomes later and later. At age 35, doctors consider a pregnancy a geriatric pregnancy, or to be more politically correct, an advanced maternal age pregnancy. This means women and their male counterparts are now ready to have babies well after a woman is biologically prime. Infertility has increased at an alarming rate because of it, as have the risk factors and negative effects involved in late maternal age reproduction. Seems our society has advanced, but our human biology has not been integrated. For more than a hundred thousand years, the way that people went about getting sustenance and food is by foraging and hunting. That is, until they figured out how to farm. Then, in the 1800s, this farming turned into the ability to process foods. And voila! <laughs> food is now an industry. The decision to farm ultimately led to the food system we have today. A food system that goes directly against health for the physical human. The human body is not designed to eat processed sugars. Chemical additives are used to preserve food so that it can travel long distances, but that damage the human body. The soil is being stripped of nutrients, so the food that exists today has so much less nutritional value than it used to. The physical human is an intensely touch-oriented sexual creature. However, as the time periods evolved, so did the need for sexual management. For example, once land ownership is an actual concern for humans in a patriarchal society, so is determining paternity. If you have to be able to determine paternity, suddenly female sexuality has to be controlled. And sexual standards have to be differentiated by gender. The institution of marriage became as important as was it that it be between a man and woman only. Essentially, any time society changed in a way where the structure of social control was threatened by sexuality, sexuality had to be further controlled. Thus, the idea of right versus wrong relative to sexuality was born. And now you have religions and philosophies that are cropping up in order to create social control by making people adopt that idea of right and wrong as the way they must lead their life in order to belong to the social group. Just look at the seven deadly sins of the Bible. Each one of those sins poses a threat to social control. 
Essentially, management of sexuality over the years has caused people to go against their own sexuality. It's taught them to develop shame around sexuality. It caused people to regulate each other's sexuality, to go to war with sexuality and war with their own bodies, and now you've got a human race that is so out of alignment with this natural sexuality, <sighs> there's not a scale to measure it. The human being has thoughts, has emotion, has desire. Desire is the necessary ingredient for not only personal expansion, but universal expansion. Emotion is the carrier of personal truth. Not only that, it is the barometer of the distance or alignment between the non-physical and physical points of perspective. Thought is not only a necessary agent for perception, but also creation. And all three are necessary for what it is to be human. When the human incorrectly saw that desire could be a cause for their suffering, they sought to become desireless. When the human being thought that their thoughts and emotions are what's causing them pain, they sought to control their emotion and stop thinking. Several spiritual ideologies cropped up to support this idea, turning people against their own minds, emotions, and desires. I'm going to end these examples with a super politically incorrect reality. The physical human has taken himself out of the food chain on Earth. He has transcended the elements and also geography. Life for the physical human is no longer one of natural selection. Keep in mind there's a lot more to natural selection than survival of the fittest. One of the reasons that humans survived to such an incredible degree is their tendency towards cooperative behavior and community organization. But this means that the weakest of our species, those who would not naturally be breeding in nature, are breeding. And as humanity becomes sicker and sicker, instead of realizing what we're doing, we simply invent medications so that these people can continue to pass on their genes. On top of that, with hundreds of thousands of years of biology, physical human females are still wired to be attracted to protection. This means human females are attracted to power because power implies protection. But the person who has the most power in society is no longer the classic alpha male full of physical prowess. He is a Mark Zuckerberg, a Jeff Bezos, a Bill Gates. So female attraction is at odds with the new reality of masculine power. On top of that, as oppressed females sought to break free from the abuse taking place in a patriarchal society, they did so in a way where they rejected their own femininity and took on masculine behavior and traits so as to compete with men in a male-dominated society. This threw the masculine and feminine completely out of alignment within humanity. And now there is a war between genders, relationship dysfunction, and all kinds of mental, emotional, and physical health issues in people because of it. You cannot get rid of or transcend that which is you. All you can do is to suppress, reject, deny, and disown aspects of you. All that does is cause a split within yourself. To understand what I mean by this, watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. But don't ever think that when you suppress, reject, deny, and disown something, that it simply goes away. The reality is the human is at war with what makes him human. And to tell you the truth, the spiritual field is perhaps the guiltiest of this. The entire practice of many religious and spiritual and self-help paths is to deny, push away, and control that within you which is human. This practice is a war between 
the non-physical self and the temporal self. How far is that going to get you? What it is, is the ego disguised as the higher self, convinced that it is doing right and doing good and enlightened. By pushing away, rejecting, denying, and disowning, and controlling anything that is human. It refuses to own what is human as a part of itself because it sees what is human as inferior, bad, wrong, primitive, animal, limited, a liability, and a source of suffering. People have an idea now that to live a successful, good, and right life, they must live in rejection and controlling of their human impulses, human instinct, human desires, human biology, human physiology, human needs, human limitations, human thoughts, human emotions. It is a perpetual life of self-denial and self-rejection to the degree that so many go so far as to say that your human self is an illusion. To understand more about this, watch my video titled The Sad Truth About Most Gurus. I want you to think about what it is to be human and make your own list. So you can kind of get started. I've got a few examples. Keep in mind that this is just a few. A primate, omnivorous, terrestrial, diurnal, walks on two legs, sexually dimorphic, needs to breathe air, no exoskeleton and therefore physically vulnerable. Females experience menopause, needs water and food, possesses a cardiovascular, circulatory, digestive, endocrine, immune, integumentary, lymphatic, musculoskeletal, reproductive, respiratory, urinary, and nervous system. Spoken and written forms of communication. Possesses genitalia. Social species. Relationally dependent. Competitive. Creative. Cooks. Wears clothes. Uses tools. Desire driven. Desire to understand. Internal fertilization, pregnancy, and live birth. Possesses lust, envy, and jealousy. Hierarchical. Driven to control and gain power. Artistic. Violence impulse, emotions, possesses motive, 23 pairs of chromosomes, fight or flight response, manipulative, average life expectancy of 70 years, possesses ego, etc. It is true that mankind has deviated so far from its own nature that it may be very difficult to write this list. And how difficult it is for you to write this list should tell you something about to what degree you are aware of and own your own humanness. But for the sake of this exercise, I want you to look at this list. What is your relationship to those things? How much are you in resistance to those things? In what ways do you go about trying to control those things or even eradicate them? Then consider making a separate list of the elements of your own specific human self. This list will be different for all people because we all have different human experiences. We are men and we are women. We come from different races and cultures. We love and dislike different things. We have things that are in common with all other people and also things that are unique to our own human aspect. Then I want you to consider how you might go about better owning that human part of yourself, those human elements. To understand this, watch my video titled Own People, How to Take Ownership of Your Relationships and apply everything I say in that video to yourself. You cannot be in a state of wholeness, wellness, or integration when you are pushing an aspect of yourself away, disowning it, rejecting it, denying it, trying to obsessively control it. I want you to consider that your non-physical self, your non-physical perspective, which is not human, and your physical temporal self, which happens to be human, are in a marriage. You must powerfully own that which is human about you, so as to meet its needs and allow it to express. 
This is the only way to truly fulfill your potential as a physical human. And that is one of the main reasons you came in as a physical human. Wasn't to use humanity to transcend physical life. Was to learn how to actualize yourself as a human. To understand this in depth, watch my video titled The Secret to Overcoming Your Problems. And think about what I say in that video relative to your humanness. The point of you coming to this life was to bring non-physical into physical, not to try to transcend the physical so as to get out of it as if it were some kind of jail-like illusion. When you take a part of yourself, in this case your humanness, as a part of yourself, so as to meet its needs, so as to allow it to express itself, what you will find is, in the owning of it, it perceives itself to be a part of you. Therefore, it can't do something that harms you without harming itself. And this causes a natural transformation. It causes an exaltation, if you will, whereby the expression of that human element of yourself is not only going to express itself in a beneficial way to you, but a beneficial way to all those around it, instead of a detrimental way. Like all things, your human nature only does things that are detrimental to you when it perceives itself to be separate from you and from that which is around it, which it does if you reject it. So don't reject your humanness. Integrate it instead. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to share it, like it, and also subscribe to my channel so you can see more content like this. But I want to personally thank you for taking the initiative and having the bravery to step into the space of awareness, not only for yourself, but for the benefit of those around you.